What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised a Geek. This week, we review the first season of Gen V over on Amazon, and finally, the premiere of Invincible Season 2, also on Amazon, is here. And we are going to talk all about it, so let's get into it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I guess you're over here when the video is, so I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here to me now, but you're to the left. Yeah. Unless I'm a good man, everything is okay, and uh, we're here to push a little, uh, push a little Jeff Bezos agenda to everybody. Talking, talking some Amazon properties. Uh, they had a nice little day for themselves a little while ago. Uh, just like basically Gen V handing off the baton to Invincible on the same day. Don't see that very often. Like Disney doesn't do that. Doesn't do like a finale premiere same day. They usually give it a little time to breathe. But it's like, like, no, fuck that. Same day. We're going to keep you guys sitting here watching. Didn't they do that with Andor? Didn't they have a Marvel show like start at the finale the same day? I feel like a Star Wars show and a Marvel show like ended and started on the same day at some point. I don't know if they, it was ever. The was same. it Miss Marvel? I honestly can't tell you if it was the same day. For some reason in my head, it's like they've they've done like a week in between mm. or but never like same day. I don't know. I could be wrong. We'd have I feel to like this Marvel premiered on the same day as something, but once again, I could be wrong too. But yeah, it's a nice handoff. It's a it's a it's a thing that HBO always does. Mm-hmm. Which is always nice. It's like one not usually the same day, but it's like one show leads right to the next. They don't seem to be doing that right now because I can't even tell you what HBO's nine o'clock show is on Sundays. No, if it, if something's going on, it's something I'm, uh, that's like off my radar because I I don't know. Uh, I know they got House of Dragon. They were talking about coming back in January or something. Really? So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, good for Amazon. Good for, good, good for us. Good for Amazon. Awkward silence. Awkward silence. Well, today we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, as I said here in the intro, a lot of Amazon stuff. But first, we're going to talk about another streaming service that we did just mention, which was Disney+. Plus. Disney+, mm. Plus dropped, I don't know if it was a surprise or not, but they dropped a first trailer for Echo, um, her spinoff show off of Hawkeye. She was a character from Hawkeye, so it's, you know, same actress and everything. And we got a trailer. This was a different kind of trailer than we were used to seeing coming out of the MCU. And it was a little shocking to see that TVMA and that kind of almost we got a Red Band trailer out of Echo um, that kind of came out. It was kind of kind of brutal in its own way. How did you feel about the Echo trailer? Well, before I get to that, let me just ask you, I forget, because I, you mentioned it and it had me thinking, yeah, of course, we did see Echo last in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Was Hawkeye last Christmas or was it already two years ago? I think it was two years ago already. Uh, I think what had people kind of excited about this show or interested in the show to begin with was just uh, her connection to Daredevil and uh, Kingpin, like we saw her connection with Kingpin in the Hawkeye show. So I'm not going to say I was like super excited to see Echo get her own series. I mean, it's it's cool. I, I think lesser known characters do kind of deserve some acknowledgement. Uh, nowadays, even more for, but I don't know. So I didn't really have high expectations for what this could be, but, uh, like you did mention when you were bringing this up, this is 
Disney Plus's first TVMA Marvel offering. Uh, and you can tell it's going to be that way in the in the trailer that we got to see. There's, you know, a guy getting shot in the head and Kingpin with his bloody fist after beating the bloody hell out of somebody on the street. Just like, I'm a hot dog vendor. Yeah, right? Just for talking to Baby Echo. Um, <laughs> and being a dick. I yeah. can't hear you. That that part alone has me interested enough to check this out. Um, Just watch Kingpin beat the shit out of some people. Because that was what we loved about the Daredevil, the Netflix stuff, was yeah. just because a little more adult. It was a little more aimed at uh, more of a mature audience. And we've kind of been waiting on that from the MCU. Uh, we thought it was going to come. We still think it's going to happen with, you know, Deadpool 3 on the way. And we were kind of hoping that Daredevil might be that way, but it seems like Echo is going to be the first one of those to kind of do this. And I think it's, I mean, you don't associate violence with Disney, you know, it's not something that normally goes together, but I think they're kind of bending on that a little bit. Just, I don't know if it's because of the way, the way the general audience has felt about the MCU lately, or just like, you know, When's the last time you heard about Marvel having a huge, or not even Marvel, but just like Disney having a huge buzz hype hit? I mean, they've had some down times lately, and they're still a, you know, they're still a billion dollar company and always will be. But like, I don't know, anything that can create a little buzz, I guess, is a good thing. And Especially on the streaming side. I mean, right. I know their movies kind of all summer flopped. Right. Um, I don't think they had. I mean, they might have had one. I don't know. I, but I don't think they really had any success. Yeah. And what's crazy is that if they would have released some of these movies that they sent directly to Hulu in theaters, like, um, did you watch No One Will Save You? I did. If they would have sent that into theaters with a little bit of a marketing push, you know that would have made money? Oh, yeah. If they would have put Prey in theaters instead of straight to Hulu. Granted, that one was a little bit closer to the pandemic. But, I mean, like... These movies that you're just dumping on Hulu under this like Fox searchlight or the old searchlight, 20th century searchlight or whatever you're naming that your your little thing that dumps movies on Hulu, it's like these movies would make you money, but you're not you're just dumping them on a streaming service for them to disappear. But then you release Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and people are like, "Yeah, I'm not watching that." No one did. No one did. No one watched that. No one watched Little Mermaid. No one's. No one's going to go see the Marvels. Um, <laughs> well, that one would probably do okay. I think we're going to be surprised by the amount of money that'll make, but like the buzz for that isn't great. Maybe just for me. I'm just, I can only speak for myself. Uh, the Marvels is probably going to be the first movie, Marvel movie in a while that I'm not going to go see. Um, but I mean, to each their own. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hating good. on anyone who's pumped for it. Yeah, I hope it's good. I hope it's. You know, I will see it someday, but I'm just like most MCU films. I'm ready, pumped to go opening weekend on this one. I'm just not. Uh, I mean, which is fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What you said is totally true. I did see something that like Disney bought Hulu now, like completely. Yeah. They eight billion, eight million or eight billion more dollars. And now they fully own it 100% or something. Yeah. From Comcast. And some of the stuff I was seeing, like, people's response to that was just so hilarious. Like, somebody shared a picture of uh, the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I was like, put them in the next Kingdom Hearts game. 
like King of the Hill. Put put King of the Hill in Arlen, Texas at the next Kingdom Hearts game. Oh, oh my god, that'd be amazing. Uh, but uh That's yeah. hilarious. We just totally got off topic here. I don't know, but um yeah, Echo Echo, I'm I'm interested to watch it just purely based on what it could end up being and like what the future might look for for more of a mature audience for the MCU. Like when it helps that they're this is the first time they're also gonna drop all the episodes on the same day. Right. So it's just all gonna be out there. So depending on how you like consuming your media, <laughs> that's how they're doing this one. So I don't know off the top of my head how many episodes they're doing. I think probably standard. five to six. Six, seven, eight, maybe. Somewhere in there. Um, so we'll be curious, but I, I know I was reading around and they said that this is actually going to be the first entry in a new Marvel series called Marvel Spotlight. So uh, Marvel Spotlight, I have a little quote here from Marvel's head of streaming, Brad Winterbaum. Um, and he says that the label will be applied to more grounded, character-driven stories that focus on street-level stakes over the larger MCU continuity. So these are technically like Echo is going to be the first show that's technically not tied into anything MCU, which is very counter the MCU. Like the MCU kind of almost up until this point prided itself on being connected and tried really hard, whether it worked or not, to be connected. And now they're like, well, we're going to tell some stories over here that aren't connected. Which they could have done a while back. Like, Moon Knight could have fallen under this. Moon Knight should have fallen under it. Yeah. Moon Knight could have been the first one to fall under this. And, like, other things they have planned, I guess, Daredevil kind of could. Um, I'm assuming yeah. Daredevil will. Yeah. It's 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 just a way to kind of tell stories that you can go in looking like, hey, it's got that spotlight stamp. This isn't going to be something where it's like, I need to have watched 10 other shows to understand what's going on or five other movies prior to this to understand what's happening or the world isn't going to explode in this. This is just going to be a, you know, a superhero in their own journey, like fighting their own demons, fighting thugs and, and criminals, not, not the world's going to explode at the end of this. Are you here for that? Are you, you want to see more smaller based MCU stories that don't, aren't tied to the general story that I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've, I've lost track of where we are. Um, yeah, I like it. I, 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 I think it's important. I like, you know, when I'm reading comic books, I like that when I read, buy certain things, when I buy my daredevil comics, they have nothing to do with, you know, the big event that's going on over here where the world is going to end. It's just like, I want my daredevil stories this way. Oh. Sometimes I just want my little side stories that are just fun side adventures that don't really tie into, you know, what's Kang doing over here? What's right. No. So, uh, yeah, it's a smart move for them. I think, um, well, and what's funny is up until this, I really think up until this point and even past all of the Disney plus, Marvel shows haven't tied into anything with the movies. I'd have to think about it. I mean, yeah, thinking about it, but I mean, I've, I've, I thought Loki season one was going to be the first one where we were going to see like the fallout of Loki season one with the oh, cracking open the multiverse and killing, you know, 
he who must be not be named or whatever he's the king of the world um i can't remember what his name was on that he who remains he who remains yes he wasn't voldemort he was he who remains um you know i really thought that that was going to be kind of the start of like no way home and multiverse of madness and then those were both those two movies weren't even really connected when it came to the multiverse you know it was like they kind of were still their own separate things so it's still just kind of still waiting for these like mcu shows to really now marvel's obviously bringing in two characters from the wandavision and miss marvel obviously is a connection but well, Miss, well, the Marvels is going to be like the one where you almost had to have seen three shows to fully know. You're going to have to have watched WandaVision, Marvel, and Secret Invasion yeah. to get a full idea of what's happening in Miss Marvel, I think. So that's just my understanding. Yeah. So, so anyway, we're just talking around in circles now. Um, Echo, January. I'm going to check it out. Make sure you turn on your mature clicker in your streaming disney app otherwise you won't see the show they'll keep it from you that kid's lock yep that kid's lock there it is if you got that kid's lock on you're gonna be wondering where this show is come january when we're all talking about it yes sir so definitely check that out done yes, sir. we're gonna talk some gen v we like as you said we had the finale of gen v on thursday we watched it. We did. <laughs> we did. This is like the extension of the boys universe. Mm-hmm. The with the success of the boys. How many seasons has the boys been now? Three already. Yep. Yeah. So, do you think? Now, I don't know because I didn't read the boys comic books. Um, I don't nope. think you. Right. Do you think Amazon expected the boys to be as popular as it is? Like in the reality it's their flagship show like i've i've seen ads for amazon prime and they put in like clips of the boys and nothing else being like we're selling amazon on hey this is where you need us if you want to watch the boys i don't think they ever just like one it's a good show like we've talked about it we've had shows about the boys and it's quality like definitely cringe stomach turning at times like not for everyone TV mature stuff, but it's like good television to me. Yeah, like sinker. Sometimes I like the boys better than the MCU and the DCEU. I don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's good, well written, fun superhero stuff. Yeah. Uh, That's because it know. doesn't pull its punches. Does it? And I don't think Amazon thought that it was going to be this way because never in a million years when boys launched did I ever think there would be a spinoff show. Nope. Of- you know what I mean? So it's like a happy little accident surprise that just happened along the way. Yeah, I think they were thinking, you know, well, we bought, we paid a, paid a billion dollars for Lord of the Rings. That'll be our flagship show. And man, not, no, or it's not. It's not their flagship show. It's the boys based on a little like fringe comic book that, you know, isn't even a mainstream thing. That's their show that. Everyone makes memes out of, and everyone knows who the hell Homelander is. Everybody knows who Homelander is. Even if you don't watch this show, everyone knows who that dude is. It's but If you see him, you know him. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's 100% crazy, and as you said, we now have a spinoff that just finished its first season. 
quick, quick uh, run out a uh, little uh, synopsis from the show. Um, as you just said, it's from the world of the boys. It's called Gen B, and it explores the first generation of superheroes to know that their superpowers are from Compound B. And these heroes are put uh, put their physical and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the school's top ranking. And then there's also a conspiracy. It basically all takes place, this college-age kid's taking place at a university. What is it, Godkin? Godolkin or something? Godolkin, yeah. They kept calling it God U, so. That's like the nickname for it, God U, which is kind of a play on words kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we had, like I said, a kind of a younger version of the boys is kind of like I said we had a lot younger characters this time around and a little right. bit more of a centralized story it wasn't as world well it was attempted to be world by the end yeah I kind of like as I'm watching it from beginning to end I, I'm I compare it mostly to like if someone was to ask me what Gen V is I'm like it's the boys meets the OC <laughs> or it's like the boys meets Beverly Hills 90210, like, yeah, or whatever. But you know what I mean? There's like a kind of a college age. I don't know. People nowadays might say it's like, uh, what's that one on HBO that I'll never watch? That's all about all the young kids having sex and shit. Euphoria. Like maybe it's for fans of Euphoria who like superheroes too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. It's, uh. It's just a deeper dive into that universe and looking at a younger generation of superheroes who have aspirations to maybe be in the seven or or reach that level. And and it's kind of cool. They like said, you know, uh, A-Train and The Deep and all those characters that you know from that show are basically from God You. So they're kind of tying it in early. Like they came from this. They They graduated from here and moved on to be what they are now and it's just kind of a uh further look into that world so i was interested just from the get-go even though yeah. i knew maybe it was gonna be more aimed at a you know gen z more than me but really i am able to still enjoy that stuff like it doesn't it didn't bother me that it was like a college show but it's still the boys universe, which I find entertaining enough to hold my interest. So, um, I was surprised at how much it was a boys show, like, or the boys, not for boys, girls can watch it too. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I was surprised at how connected it actually was. Like at first you're watching and they have just kind of like a couple little like blurps on the TV where you're like, Oh, I remember that from season three or this, that, and the other like little things. But as the show progressed, it was like, no, no, this is all like literally just happening at like the same time as season three or like right after season three. Basically immediately after season three. Yeah. You know, and them really tying in. And by the end of this season, they were like almost lockstep with the boys, you know. Um, so I thought I wasn't expecting any of that when I sat down to start it. No, me neither. And I'm kind of. I was happy, like, the first the first episode, if I'm rewinding my mind back, it's, it you know, it gets a little foggy when, whatever, you're trying to remember, but, like, the first episode of this season started with kind of a flashback to uh, Marie, who is the main 
the main character, I would say. Would you agree? Murphy's yeah. like character of this. Yeah. And she's like a young uh so they have her back as a kid and she's just discovering what her powers are, which are, you know, gross. She basically can manipulate blood in herself and other people. Mm-hmm. Uh as in traditional boys fashion, like they gotta shock you right away. I know season one of the boys did the same thing where like Huey's girlfriend got uh like basically exploded by a train when he was high on drugs and he like ran through her, just exploded her body everywhere. And he was like, what the fuck is this? This show kind of had the same, same vibe with that Marie uh, scene when she was a kid, didn't understand her powers and like, you know, muff your ears. But like as a young girl got her first period or whatever and didn't understand what's going on and like started controlling the blood and her mom walks in and all of a sudden she shoots the blood at her mom and, her mom just dies and her dad comes in and is like, what the hell happened? And then she just explodes him and just like is sitting in a bloody bathroom where she killed both her parents. I was like, ah, yes, this is the boys universe. Yeah. Uh, um, so I felt warm and cuddly after that. <laughs> Seeing as, as gross as it was, be like, all right, this, I'm watching a boys show now. Yeah. This, uh, this, this feels, this feels right. <laughs> right. As horrifying as it was, it felt right. As wrong as it feels, it feels right. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting how they were like, like we said, this is kind of based around a younger generation, you know, like a younger cast, younger, you know, college age students. But then I thought it was really interesting, like how everyone's powers kind of manifested into like a disorder. Hmm. You know, like that you can think of from younger people, you know, like Marie having cut herself to use her powers, which is a thing. Uh, Emma with bulimia, you know, it's like, uh, I think even Kate, you can probably do a little bit of just not being seen, you know, like everyone's powers was worked really well for the story, but it also kind of like mirrored real life, which I thought was really interesting of just like, yeah, they might, you know, in real life, you're not a superhero. But there are few people who struggle with a lot of the similar things, and they do hurt themselves, you know. So I thought that was really a interesting double layer there that they they did. It took I had to take a lot of thought to really like weave all of that stuff in together and make it super coherent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally a thing that happened. Like a college a college drama show would deal with problems that a young generation is having at college such as yep. cutting and bulimia and eating disorders and and not being seen and and uh gender identity and and just mm-hmm. all, all kinds of things like that and like daddy issues like the the one kids had with his dad yeah know? andre andre yeah so um you know well but that was interesting yeah, it, it was kind of cool because you think about the you don't associate any of that stuff with like any of the the seven like the main superheroes with the boys. This one got more into like, all right, this is as if real kids had powers and what they would be dealing with. Um, yeah. So I definitely thought that was cool. No, it yeah, 100% was. I really liked the cast. Mm-hmm. I thought they casted really well. I liked, um, yeah, I mean, the, the main... I mean, it was more than four. I can't even say because, like I said, you had Jordan, Sam, Kate, Emma, Andre, Marie. Like you had a decent core of cast that I thought they worked really well together. 
Yes. Um, I love the, like I said, you lean into the villains a little bit with Shetty. Um, being kind of the evil dean that they tied back that to the boys like what season one yeah she her her husband and child were on the plane that homelander and Maeve took down right and that was like season one right season one or two yeah i mean that was a while ago so it was like then they didn't even i mean they didn't even like flash back to that either that was like almost a deep cut that they were just like you know right. you know what plane we're talking about yeah most definitely um, you named all those characters. What is the name of the, I don't have it right in front of me. You maybe do the, the um, Sam's brother. Golden boy. Golden boy. Okay. And he was in episode one kind of introduced us. he's like the big man on campus, uh, ranks number one in the guide you ranking. So he's like the strongest, the strongest kid on campus and kind of in line to be the next one in the seven. And he's like, next, be the next Homelander. Basically, be the next Homelander. How surprised were you when they threw that curveball at the end of? I think it might have even been end of episode one. It was when he basically killed the killed the dean, the sitting dean, uh, because he was kind of losing his mind, and that he's running amok for a little while. And then at the end of episode one, he basically just kills himself in in midair, like overloads his powers and just explodes all over campus. Like, did you see that coming? Did you think that no. was gonna? No, he obviously was set up in that first episode to be the main character outside of Marie. Like he was the main, like, like Marie was the outsider. This is her first time in the school. So you're following her. But he obviously was like said, as his name said, he was the golden boy. Like he was set up to be one of the main, whether it's protagonist, not protagonist, but antagonist or just a main character. Like, yeah, I wasn't expecting him to do any of that. We'll see. Cause just because we watched The Boys, three seasons of The Boys, we thought it was going to follow that same uh, that same kind of narrative where you have a superhero who is super powerful but dangerous and scary. Mm-hmm. Homelander. And we thought that's what Golden Boy was going to be like. I was mm-hmm. like, Golden Boy is Gen V's Homelander. That's what's basically going to happen. He's going right. to be a bugger who scares the shit out of everybody. And he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid. Was like, I was just seeing that, that he was Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid. Yeah. Um, Fucking nepotism and Hollywood's so incestuous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then when he blew up, I was like, that's crazy. And and what's cra- even crazy about the show is they didn't follow that um, narrative. Like they're, the show didn't have a Homelander kind of, um, you know, um, what's the girl's name? The blonde with the- Kate? like. Kate at the end you know she kind of went a little sideways and and was doing some crazy shit but she wasn't by any means like a Homelander type Um, so I'm kind of cool they I'm kind of glad they went their own way and didn't follow that same exact you know blueprint that the boys set out to do Mm -hmm. so yeah so obviously when we're talking about this show really the main story of this show is that there's an underground lab at this university that's doing experiments on the soup kids Mm -hmm. um we don't know until later exactly what they're what they're experimenting for but as we said golden boys uh luke's brother sam was in this lab so that was kind of the whole like conspiracy of the whole season was that we had this the school is up to no good yeah, and how much does Vought know, and how much do the public know? And there was just a lot of different variables of going into trying to rescue Sam, 
and then every character kind of took their own spin from that, from there as to how that's going to impact them, how that impacts their career as a soup, how that impacts yeah. their life, you know, or can they survive some of these things? How do you go up against Vought without getting canceled? You know, like a um, lot of lot of questions that came out from that is how do you how do they come out as a young person unscathed? Yeah, but uh, still try to do the right thing in this morally gray world of Vought. Yeah, it's all about Vought still at the end of the day. And this <laughs> is just one of their little branches, one of their little webs of, you know, how we know as fans watching the boys, how much control they have over the world and how much nefarious shit they're doing. This this little uh, superhero test torture school is like just one of their little things that they have going on. So this was just a show about that. Um, I liked the mystery of the the vault and um, these kids. It was kind of like a caper show in a way, superhero caper. Like they had to uncover what was going on uh, in the basement, and we got introduced to Sam, who I think is a cool character, like a yeah. torture guy who's also super powered and um, and insane, he, and insane at the same time. He looks like somebody I couldn't play, put my finger on it, but like. A couple people in the show just look like other people. I was like, that guy looks like somebody. Anyway, um, it's probably someone's kid. Probably someone's kid. And Jeff Schwarzenegger's kid running around. Uh, the the main the the blonde girl. I already forget her name. What's her name again? Damn it, Kate. Kate. She looks like Billie Eilish. Like all the they all look like somebody. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. The the woods. The woods. 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 Woods was a scary place, man. Woods was a scary place. That that it was. That it was. Um, what were some standout moments for you? Well, I just I brought it up to you before we talked. Like my favorite scene of this series was when um Sam was killing all those guys as puppets. Yeah. Just freaking hilarious. I was like, this this is brilliant. Because they didn't, they like wanted to show that he was kind of losing his mind and seeing things and hearing voices and whatever. So he kind of sees these armed Vought guards or whoever come down to kill him, but he sees them as basically Muppets. And they showed him that he turns into one too. And he's just like ripping their arms off. And like instead of blood, it's just like red fabric shooting out. And he's like shoving Sparkles. their, yeah, shoving their arms into their mouths and like, breaking their bodies in half, which if we saw it as like humans, you'd be like, oh my God, that's brutal. But seeing it just as puppets is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And to know he's really doing that to them because after the fact, when he finally came to, you just saw their bodies strewn about all over the ground. I yeah, thought, just saw pieces. Yeah, I thought that was an amazing scene. Um, the other Sam thing that, that killed me was when he was seeing the puppet talking on the TV with TV's Jason Ritter. And the fact that he kept calling him TV's Jason Ritter. Um, that never led anywhere. Like, we never no. saw Jason Ritter again after that. Nope. He was just in that one TV scene talking to him, telling him he had to kill people. Yeah. But he just kept calling him TV's Jason Ritter. And that just, that cracked me up every time, man. I couldn't, I couldn't even, like, feel the the level of insanity that that scene was showing because I just kept laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So did you get did you get confused when they ended? I think it was episode three, mid sentence. 
Remember when they remember when they were talking and then it blacked out? And then they when they were at the party. Oh yeah. And then it, the episode ended with it blacking out like mid sentence. It almost seemed like the episode ended prematurely. Uh yeah, okay. Did you get I rewound it to make sure I, I really thought Amazon messed up. Oh, okay. I could see that. Now, the way now. that they did it. So I was like, wait, did that just happen? <laughs> But then when you started episode four, you understood what they did. They showed the scenes. Once I watched the scenes for the next episode, they were like, we're missing time. And I was like, okay, something happened. They got, you know, something interfered. It was when they were at that, uh, was it Shetty's house when they were attacking? When Sam was attacking and they were all fighting Sam and Emma got super big. Yes. She shoot the Ant-Man of the group. Yes. Except for she has to eat or purge to control her power where Ant-Man clicks a little button. Yeah, I also don't think Ant Man's ever been on like a giant schlong before, which is one of those gross out scenes the boys is known for. Which I will also say, like, we've seen some crazy shit on the boys. Like, those who watch the boys know there's been like some insane stuff, like, that you don't even like talking about just because you feel dirty. This show had some of that, but nothing, I don't think, as crazy as the boys. There was a few, there was a few that touched it, but uh, they did push some limits. Well, and it was kind of going to come up to, you know, one of the questions that I have written down here was like, did it capture the same magic as the boy with boys, which kind of falls into that same category of kind of the zaniness and insanity that you see on the boys. And I feel like this show tried to, but at the same time, there were a lot of times where you're just like, okay, we get it. You're part of the boys. Like even having her being super small, climbing around on a penis. You're just like, okay, we get it. Like, right. You know, we're just kind of like, okay, now you got you guys, like, are you guys trying too hard to, like, really shock us at this point, or what do you got here? So it was just kind of funny in that way that I felt like it had the same magic, and you knew, like you said, watching the opening, you kind of knew you were watching a, the boys' show, but then, like I said, when they started doing the gross-out, sexual over-sexualized superhero stuff, you're kind of like, are they trying too hard <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I we can kind of try to answer that question if it captures the same magic as the boys. I think uh, it gets there a little bit, but it never fully realized its full potential to the boys. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's certain things about the boys that you can't recreate. Like, the main thing, obviously, is Homelander is such a iconic character now to us that this show didn't have one of those. So it's, and like, you can't. If they would have tried to do a Homelander like character, it would have flopped. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, I mean, then it would have been like, oh, look at that. That's good to be the Homelander. Like it just. If they would have tried to make Luke be that, it just wouldn't have worked. So they avoided that, but at the same time, they didn't have that. So it's like I, I. That's why they couldn't reach the heights to me that the boys did because. They didn't have a Homelander, and they couldn't have a Homelander because there's only one. <laughs> you know, Homelander is his own separate. He's off in his own separate thing of just like uh, you know, intoxication while you're watching him that this show could not replicate. Um, also, the show like the action sequences never really nothing. None of them really super stand out to me. Uh, they were all just kind of there. Yeah, a lot of them was just punch, punch. Right. There's moments during the boys, though, that I know, like some of their action sequences where I was just like all in, like 
Homelander versus um, Soldier Boy and uh, the Butcher. Soldier Boy, Butcher, Homelander. And the orgy. Yeah, that was a iconic. That was fight. the best superhero fight I've ever seen. <laughs> right. On right. screen. That was like the best that ever put together. Yeah. That was, was insane. I was like standing up watching that shit. Now I got to watch that again. I'm going to find that on YouTube when we're done. Shout out to Soldier Boy, uh, Jensen Eccles for popping up in a cameo in here, which he was funny. The cameos was our next thing. Yeah, Jason Jason Eccles being the uh, Soldier Boy popping up being the fantasy of Kate. He was hilarious. He was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, she might be fucking you in real life. She always comes back to me. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, we had him. Uh, we also had the deep. He was in an earlier episode, just kind of in a video. Well, uh, when you talk about the intoxication, yes. Homelander popping up at the end mm. was crazy. I didn't know that was going to happen. Nope. And I was so happy it did. Like when I saw that the clouds start bursting and someone flying in, I was like, there, he did. He's not going to be on this, is he? And then when you just saw him floating down, I was like, yes. But did you feel, did you feel the vibe of like the entire show change when he came in? Like literally that dude just landed and everything that we were watching, all of the chaos stopped and everyone just looked at him in horror. Yeah. Cause that's who he, that's what he did. That's, that's just, he, yeah. It's just, it was yeah. crazy. I had chills watching that. I was just like, oh my God, this dude yeah. just showed up. And he didn't even have to do anything and stopped an entire riot at a college. riot massacre. Yeah, yeah. Like they were killing each other. Like it was this insane massacre on this campus. And this dude just shows up and looks around at everyone like, what are we doing? Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Because he's like Superman and Lex Luthor mixed. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what he is. So when when he when he lands somewhere, all eyes go to him. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I was happy that he showed up. I uh, didn't think he would. Yep. I knew Soldier Boy would, but outside yeah. of that, I really didn't know any other cameos. No, and uh, the what's her name Newman? I don't. Yeah, know. Victoria Newman. I was. I'm ready to talk about her because she. I think out. I mean, Homelander is his own thing. I think right. out of all of the connections to the boys, Victoria Newman was my favorite. I thought she just, like, she has another, it's a completely different kind of intoxication, like, on screen, but she is so good at that role. Sure. And, like, she just kind of draws you in with really feeling safe when you shouldn't, just kind of like Homelander does. And um, we all obviously know from watching the boys that she is a soup, even though she doesn't, no one knows that she is. And she was, you know, done her own rampages and is her own level of damage. And I loved the connection she had with Marie. Like, I didn't see that coming. I love that they kind of defined Victoria. Like, after watching this show now, I know more about Victoria uh, Newman, but I also know what her powers are. And I just love the fact that, you know, just that idea that Compound V was something given to babies or people. And they develop superpowers and just the idea that they have the same power. And sure. just, yeah, just like all of that was so cool. The way that that was done, I loved that scene so much. It was probably one of my favorite in the show of just Marie having that connection with her and learning about her powers. And then then you kind of, after we know everything that Victoria Newman has done on the boys, 
knowing all of a sudden that, oh shit, Marie can do all of that, which she was figuring out as we moved longer in the fi the final episode. <laughs> but episode seven, we kind of learned the, oh shit moment. That's another Victoria Newman. Yeah. Someone who can do the same thing she can do. Mm -hmm. Like we saw Victoria Newman using her powers in the boys. We didn't understand how or why. We were just like, she's up here exploding motherfuckers' heads. Like, yeah. Crazy. But now we understand that she's a blood manipulator, just yeah. like she is. And they do have the same powers. And Marie was basically just like learning. And Victoria is the final product of what you could be. Um, but then it's crazy knowing Victoria, that's her power. That means she chooses to blow people up. Like, because she could just stop their hearts. Like, like Marie did. Like, that was a little bit more subtle. But no, Victoria's like, no, I'm going to always blow up your head. That's her thing. That's her thing, is I'm going to blow up your head. And that's kind of crazy. That just shows, like, who she is. Like, that she really is vicious. And, like... There's 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 an edge to her that like Marie doesn't have, and I love that they were able to show all of that. Yeah, like that was Victoria Newman, and really was. I mean, like I said, Homelander's a, his own thing. Um, He's different. But like out of the cameos and the tie-ins, I just loved that that definition and just really that tie-in with Victoria was just it was my favorite. That was it really became like my favorite part of the the season. I just I don't know why, but the way it was done. And the way that she kind of acted it out and then being told about, because obviously, you know, we, we've kind of been jumping around here a little bit, but obviously the the main cast, the uh, the guardians of, of God, you um, realized that Shetty and the, the school was basically studying to try to find like a disease that they could spread across soups to basically kill, kill all soups across the world because Shetty was, as Don said, mentioned earlier. His, her family was killed by Homelander and Maeve on a plane in, in the boys season one or two. So that was kind of the whole plan of doing this. And when Marie mentioned that to Victoria, Victoria's like, I got it. Don't worry. And I'm like, oh, God. And she got it. <laughs> he has the virus now. What she does with it is yet to be seen. But yeah. she's kind of positioned herself as a force. Yeah be reckoned with on you know the same level as homelander is a guy you got to watch out for now victoria kind of is one too um she always was now we just know she's up to something outside of trying to be president yeah she's got some she's got something brewing most definitely so i really liked as as we talked about going through this season by the time we hit the end and i, I don't remember if you said it on this already if we've been recording or if it was before but just the idea that like this show built to the boys season four yes. and it really felt like it towards the end you know obviously they talked about homelander exploding that civilian at the end of season three and the, you know him being on potential trial for that so i mean that's kind of like a hint of are we going to see homelander on trial in season four right. i mean i would imagine we have to right yeah the same way that this show kind of started right after season three i even read boys season four is going to basically take place like a day after gen v end ends so it is like the perfect handoff from one wow to so that's gonna be uh interesting to see so now in this i don't i don't care if it's polarizing or not but the obviously the boys always mirrors 
our true life society. They're a satire of our society. You can obviously tell that, you know, Homelander is tied very deeply into the MAGA, Trump, all of those things. So, like I said, if you, if you don't like that, then you probably don't like this show and you're not listening to us at this point anyway. Or but, if you don't understand that, you're not paying attention to the show. Yes. <laughs> right. So I wonder, if the idea of Homelander being on trial, how much are they going to do with... <laughs> Like, how are they going to tie those things together? You know, we're going to get uh, Homelander with a gag order. <laughs> I mean, they don't they don't pull punches. I know they don't. They don't pull punches at all. And uh, it's it's funny. Like, yeah, I, I think they're going to continue to do that. I think they are going to continue to push those boundaries and kind of be a reflection of our society of what's going on uh, and make it satire at the same time as like making it like see how stupid all this looks like see how they you know they did it in this season across board like gen z with social media and how everybody was recording everything on their phone and everyone was trying to get their likes and their clicks and like leaning into that like cell phone social media culture and they were satiring that to the extreme in a lot of ways oh yeah so it's like they, they, I mean, like I said, they pull no punches and they, they go after everyone. It's kind of like South Park in its own way. You know, they're like everyone, we make fun of everybody. Yeah, they're making fun of us right to our face. And, yeah. and, and like, we're laughing. They're masking it as a superhero show, but at the same time, it's like a case study on how stupid we are. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that's fine. But I just, I, I, I love the idea of Homelander being on trial at the same time the other one is. So that's just me. Yeah. But. I feel like there's a lot of material they can use that's already coming out. <laughs> it is, man. Like, the, that's not what we're here to talk about. But it is, though, in a way. Like, in a way, right? In a way that it is. Uh, but yeah, I I think that's awesome. So now, do you think that the cast from this one, because obviously when they ended, Homelander showed up, basically stopped this riot, shot Marie with laser eyes, and I was like, oh my god, did they just kill the cast of this show? Like, I really thought this was going to be a one and done, and he just murdered them. But that's because that's what I'm used to Homelander doing. And obviously, the main four, Jordan, Emma, was it Andre and Marie? Jordan, Emma, yeah, I, yeah those four. Yeah, everyone but Kate woke up in a room that has no exit. Right. So now, do you think that that's going to be... Is that a boy season four or is that a Gen V season two? I think they're going to focus more on it in Gen V season two, but I hope they bring parts of it into the boys season four. The same way like this season of Gen V had little sprinkles of the boys in it. I hope the boys season four has little sprinkles of Gen V in it. And we talk about yeah, that'd be cool. four of them. And then like that newscast at the end basically had those four being the perpetrators of this violence on campus. Yeah. Said that, you know, uh, Sam and Kate were the heroes. Heroes, Even though now she doesn't have an arm. (laughs) So she only has one arm left. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, I was kind of yelling at the TV after Marie blew up her one arm when she was going to touch Jordan and tell her, tell Jordan to do something. And I was, after Marie blew up uh, Kate's hand, I was, I was like, do the other one. (laughs) Right, she still has one left. She, she still, still has one hand. Get rid of that hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm kind of hoping Boys season four touches on this and reminds you about it. And when you do that, it kind of 
solidifies that it's all one world and I want it to feel that way. I like I like that. So so and this it just might have to help me. I was kind of falling asleep today when I was watching it. At the end, we had the post credit scene with Butcher mm. showing up. Where was he showing up? It's funny well, that I was gonna ask you. Okay. Uh, I think he was at the school. I think he was in the woods. Okay. Looking around down there. Could be wrong. I, I might have to look at it again and, and check and see. Um, but I'm pretty sure that was just like a quick little tease of him looking around in the facility that was the woods. Okay. Because I did know, well, and obviously we don't know where everyone else is being held. Mm -hmm. So I was like, is he there to save them? Like, is he where they are or are they in the woods? Obviously we don't know any of this. So like I said, I really kind of hope I, I enjoyed this show enough that I am okay with the boys season four diving into this. Like they did such a good job of connecting the two. Yeah. Maybe, maybe season four of the boys is like him and the boys trying to break out those four from where they're being kept. Right. Because he knows that Vaught is screwing him over. And they have information about a virus that kills soups. <laughs> that would be that would be a fantastic plot for season four, I think. But we'll have to see. Because, like I said, they think that you know they renewed GNV for season two, and it's going to be like handoff, handoff, handoff. Yeah, straight into the boys, and then from the boys back to Gen V. So they should all kind of be connected in a way. So that'll be interesting to see how they do that. How does when does the boys season four come out? I don't know if they've made any mention of it yet. I would assume maybe in 2024. I mean, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine it's next year. I just like, is it January or is it? Uh... Right, that'd be nice. No, I, I think it's going to be a minute, uh, but I'd assume sometime in the calendar year of 2024. Um, I guess I'm going to have to go back and watch. The other one. Can rewatch the boys? Might have to. Could be fun. Fill in that time. You know, the, the writer strike threw everything back. Oh, so. fuck yeah, it did. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. but, but overall, I love Gen B. I thought it was, I, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure at the beginning, because like I said, you know, and all these shows do that where they kind of throw a lot of crazy shit at you. And I mean, the boys is guilty of it too. Like I said, I'm pretty sure most of the crazy scenes all happen in the first episode just like they did in this show and you know with with this not being the boys yeah i i felt like it screamed a little like trying too hard but at the same time once they really got into their groove and by the end i was i was in yeah me too and this really is you need to watch it yeah i had a lot of fun this this show is for fans of the boys obviously um if if you're a fan of the boys and you haven't watched it, like I can't imagine you haven't. But if you haven't, you need to. Um, it's that close. It's like a it's a companion series. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's basically if you're a fan of that world, you're gonna want to watch this. Yeah. Um, and if you're not and you want to check it out, like maybe you'll like it. Maybe you'll want to watch the boys. It's 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 got a specific audience, but for us anyway, it's you know just. Well written, highly entertaining, at times gross out, but in your face, just kind of pulls no punches with the visuals and the kind of storytelling and the 
um, parody on the world that we're living in. Just like it's it's just a you know I appreciate it as a show that exists. So you're telling me it's like the boys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you like the boys, I I mean, really should be no reason why you aren't into this, especially as you get into the later episodes. Most definitely. All right. And let's try to talk about Invincible season two, following all of that. That came out on the same day. Came out on the same day. So we thought we'd work it into the same episode. If you missed our Gen V talk, because you skipped right to Invincible talk, go check out Gen V. We liked it. And uh, come back and listen to us talk about Gen V. Yes, yes. Uh, but Invincible Season 2 premiered finally. We've been waiting, I feel like, years for this. Didn't, like, Season 1 come out in, like, 2020 in the middle of the pandemic? Well, the the way I think of it is this show, I remember the Season 1 coincided with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, my God. That was so long ago. It was, like, the second. Yeah, because that was, because we were watching both, and we were like, I want to watch Invincible instead. Yes. And... Falcon Winter Soldier feels like five years ago. I'm sure it was, what, 2020? But it feels longer. But, yes, it's been a very long time coming for this. Yeah. To the point where I didn't remember anything that happened. But we'll talk about that. I was glad they did it previously on, at least, like, refreshed. Like, it, it turned on some neurons in my brain of, like, oh, yeah. There's other stuff I don't remember, like Robot. Um, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, what's, wrong what's wrong with him? Why is there a little boy in the robot? Um, <laughs> a little confusing there. It took me a minute to realize that or remember that there was something about that little, like, crane thing being tied to something. and Like, he turned into a boy at some point. And, yeah. I don't know, man. I can't remember last week, let alone three years ago. Oh, right. Yeah, I've watched a lot of TV since then. So, um, but we're sitting at season two premiere. In the season two premiere, still reeling from Nolan's betrayal, Mark struggles to rebuild his life as he faces a host of new threats, all while battling his greatest fear that a, he might become his father without even knowing it. Ooh. And. I mean, this is more Invincible, man. I loved it. <laughs> Invincible's back, finally. Is the, Fine is the, head, the headline of this conversation is it's back, finally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what took so long. I, I think they just kind of wanted to take their time with the scripts, and, and, and they kind of earned it by how good that first season was to kind of take their time. But, man, it's been a long time. Like, I, I wish this would have come sooner. I would, I would feel more fresh about it. Like, I have a better idea of what I'd seen in season one. I didn't have the time to rewatch season one. I kind of wanted to, but I didn't have the time to do it. Now we're already in it, so it's like, ah, okay. But, uh, yeah, only a relief. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes of season one again after Adam Eve came out. Sure. Because I was all invincibled up. So I was like, yeah. So I watched, like, the first two or three episodes, and then I fell off because I never think to go to Amazon. I always forget about Amazon being a thing. But it's back. We're only getting four episodes. Until a break. Until a break. And then four episodes next year. What I'm hoping that they did is that they, and I believe I read something like this, that basically seasons three and four are, like, ready. So I'm really hoping that they took that long break to basically line up 
to kind of backload it. Yeah, to yeah, exactly. So now all of a sudden we're going to be like four episodes come out. Like I'm hoping like next year we get the first four episodes or the last four episodes of this season and season three. And season four the next year. You know, I know what Kirkman say, nine years or nine seasons. Fourth season being lasting nine years. Yeah. Nine seasons. It's obviously going to be one more than nine years at this point because they just took three to get from one to two. But I'm hoping that, like, there's enough there that they are ready to go. And we're now at the beginning of an Invincible season. Um, but uh, once again, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed what we saw this, this is, and you know, we can talk about how we feel about the fact that this is another, looks like it's going to be another multiverse story. <laughs> We've yeah. kind of been getting a lot of multiverse stories since, uh, Spider-Man came out as we all knew was going to happen when Spider-Man was so successful. Well, everybody has to do theirs. And I'm sure, I mean, this probably... We, we've we gone on record, like, you can go back and listen to our Invincible episodes, which we did, re, you know, in 2020. But, um... What was I about to just say? Oh, yeah. We never uh, read it. <laughs> we never read it. So I'm sure, like, the, the story that we're seeing now unfold in Season 2 exists in the comics. So, mm-hmm. I mean, multiverse is just a thing that's going to happen in superhero comics. It's just how the presentation is going to be, yeah. I guess. What you got? How you got to look at it? This is just going to be Invincibles, multiverse saga. Um, we'll kind of see how how it plays out. But uh, like you, I'm glad this this show is back. What did you think of this first? Episode? I I enjoyed it. I really liked that they started it in a multiverse and seeing what would happen. Because obviously, we ended season one. What are you thinking? Oh. We were seeing the future. I was just going to ask, did you know that that's what was going on at first? I was waiting. No, I no, I had no idea that was what was happening at first. I was waiting for the six months earlier sure. when they. I was waiting for that tag and being like, oh, my God, how are we going to get there? Um, but we started in the multiverse uh, in a version, basically, because we ended season one with Omni-Man, Nolan basically telling Mark, like, come on, this is what we need to do. We need to basically rule this world and Mark not wanting to and defying his father. And then we started this whole episode with basically what if Mark didn't defy his father and said, yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's, let's own this planet. And we got to see what that looked like. And it was super cool. <laughs> yes. It was brutal. It was brutal. Yep. Um, imagine fighting two of those, having to fight two of those where they're just like so nonchalant about everything. Yeah. They were just like, whatever like some guy disappears in a portal like yeah who cares let's just kill everyone else no one knowing no one can touch us uh yeah was kind of insane the most brutal part of that opening um scene to me was you know you saw the future version of adam eve and she's like head of the she's part of the resistance and her fighting mark and mark just being like come on eve this is your last chance like don't do this and she's like fighting with all our might he's like stop it and then, like, he finally gets the better of her, and she's like, do it. He's like, Eve, I would never kill you. And then he just snaps her back, and you're like, oh. But then they he lays her on the ground, and she's, like, still alive. He's like, no, I just paralyzed her. And she just got a single tear running down her face. I was like, oh. He was <laughs> like, I have a team of people who will take care of her, and I can visit. For the rest of her life. I was like, that's, 
<laughs> brutal. And then Nolan's just the Omni Man is just sitting there like, that's what you were practicing on those protesters. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> right. right. It was... So that means Mark, there was a whole scene that they didn't show us where Mark is just like attacking protesters, snapping their neck, trying to paralyze them. Learning how to paralyze people without killing them. It's uh yeah. some fucking dark, sinister shit. Yeah, a little bit. But then when we got back to our universe, I can tell you right now that opening montage to Radiohead was amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved when we got back to our mark and they were playing uh, uh, fake plastic trees. Oh, no, Karma Police. That's right. And just, yeah, listening to that song while he's just like melancholy saving people and like stopping crimes but not really like his heart's not in it and just like trying to like 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 i said when we were talking about the thing like his biggest fear and the theme of this episode was like i don't want to become my dad and just like can you fight that like and yeah. just watching him try to do good and that song playing god i, I love that so much i thought that was so well done that's just a great song like uh, i mean it is same. yeah and people radio head song, which for the first whatever years of hearing that song, I always used to think it was call the police, not karma police. And when I finally figured out it was karma police, I was like, I had it wrong my whole life. I feel stupid. But uh yeah, that was that was that was we all have those moments. It kind of brought us to where Mark is right now, kind of trying yeah. to recover from end of season one and I don't know, they said it was like either three months later or six months later, however. I think they just said a month. Maybe maybe a month then. I, I so feel like I remember uh, Walton Goggins, dude. I can't remember his name. Yes, uh, I felt like I remember him saying it was a bit. It's been a month. Okay, yeah. So he's obviously still dealing with the aftermath of that crazy ending of season one. But they all think Omni Man is dead because, like, the news was talking about Omni Man like exploding. The world thinks he's dead. Mark knows he's not. I know Mark knows he's not, but does his mom know? His mom knows, I think. Yeah. Because wasn't the, the Russian lady, when she came to the house, didn't she say something about, like, it's over now, he's gone? I'd have to go re-look and see the context of that. I don't know if she knew he was gone or just, like, he left. Like, yeah. she was just saying she knows. I know Mark knows he left. I think the mom knows he's blown up. The world thinks he's gone. Yeah. Um, world also thinks that, you know, Nolan Grayson died in, like, the attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After you go. So, uh, yeah. Love to see how that plays out. But, yeah, it was, it was so good, man. Yeah, the first episode featured a lot of, you know, um, the Mahler twins who are always entertaining to me. I always think they're fun because they're just, like, these big dudes who can kill you, but they're also like smart scientists, right? You know, like still, still arguing over which one the clone. Like they always just have interesting dialogue whenever they would pop in. I always thought so. It was cool to see them in this one, and uh, this first episode also kind of, kind of seems like it's introducing the main villain of the of this season, um, being the character who's voiced by Sterling K. Brown, who they added to the voice cast, which is cool because he's a great actor. Yeah, I was just about to say, welcome St Sterling K. Brown to the series. Like, I was like, I heard that voice, and I was like, that's Sterling K. Brown. And then, I, you know, Amazon, the best thing Amazon streaming service has is that if you, like, pause the show, it tells you 
the cast. Who's, who's in that? Yeah, right. and it's the best thing that I don't know how all streamers don't adopt that. Yeah. Um, I love that. And yeah, as soon as I hit pause real quick, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, is that Sterling K. Brown? Clicked in, I was like, yes. And yeah, set him up as a villain. Yeah, he did a great job. Um, of being the man who can open the portals to any dimension where he basically yeah. cr grabbed every version of himself across every multiverse and he wanted all of their memories put into his brain and that was the that was the plot of this episode that was his scheme so he could save the world and when invincible showed up and messed up his plan he did now not he, take it kindly now he's out for invincible um so he's gonna kind of have to deal with that this episode was good i think it's kind of just more of a setup oh yeah so um which you know premieres of second or third or fourth seasons always kind of have to do you kind of got to reset remind you of what happened but also kind of set you for where we're gonna go uh so not a ton happened in this one it was more of just like a setup for what's coming yeah which you know they're only being four episodes this in this first half kind of all right now let's hit the gas pedal on this when moving forward like we got the setup. You reminded us who Mark is and his dad and what happened and his friends and his girlfriend and his mom. Like, all right, now let's let's get moving. But I'm super happy Invincible's back. Like, don't get me wrong. But uh, so was there was there any other scenes? Like, because I know the credits started and then the only post credit scene was basically Sterling K. Brown's character being a mutant and wanting revenge. There was no other scene, right? Because I, I, I don't know if I fell asleep or not. No, I think that was the only thing. Uh, the Mauler, one of the Mauler twins survived with like half yeah. his off. And then they also found the other guy kind of buried under the rubble. And then he laid out his plan that now he wants to kill Invincible. Um, okay. That was what I thought. Yeah, I think that's about where we where we left, left it. Okay. I just wanted, I didn't know because I felt like I closed my eyes. Yeah. Like at the beginning of that scene, and then open them at the end, and I was like, "Wait, does that dude have abs on his head?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. The only other thing we didn't kind of touch on was like the Guardians of the Globe stuff they had in this one too. Like, um, they're kind of shuffling their roster, and the stuff we didn't understand about the robot guy voiced by Zachary Quinto, uh, bringing in a new leader like the role. Uh, character and adding another guy. We'll kind of see what that shifting is with that team. Did Immortal come back in season one? Because he was in the beginning. Omni-Man killed him in the first episode. I think he was the only one who lived. Was he? Okay. I think he got like, fucked up, but I think... No, he yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he got his head squeezed till it exploded, but he's obviously Immortal, so... Yeah, some, he survived that attack. He's the only one who survived that attack, I, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it makes. I mean, he's still there, so he must have survived. I feel like I remember them saying like low pulse or something, because I did just watch that episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. What's funny is I had a friend who I talked into watching Invincible, and uh, and they were like, uh, I was, I was. They watched the first episode. I was like, man, that cr first episode was crazy. Right after the credits, and they're like, what are you talking about? And they went back and watched it, and they were like, oh, my God, I stopped it when the credits started, and they missed the whole, like, 20 minutes that happened after the credits. And they're they're texting me like, oh, my God. Like, has the MCU taught you nothing? Ever? 
never stop when the credits start rolling. There's always going to be something after. Yeah. Because I did the exact same thing. I was watching Invincible. I'm like, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. Credits start out. I was like, that wasn't bad. It was just a little superhero cartoon. Cool, cool. And then it was like, after like 30 seconds of the credits, they were like, they opened up a new scene and it shit got real. And I was like, all right, this is the greatest show ever. <laughs> yeah, man. The show just blew my mind. And here we are, ready to get our minds blown again by Invincible Season 2. I'm ready for it. I want like more. Yeah, just right into my veins. Just give me more of it. I'm ready for this this month, the next four weeks, next three weeks, for more Invincible. Because um, I'm just happy it's back. I'm with you, buddy. I am just happy it's back. I don't know what to expect, um, but I'm ready for it. Just ready for it, man. So, Amazon, superheroes. Thumbs we up. did it. We did it. I am happy that this this is happening. And if only we could go from like Invincible season two straight into Boys season four. Well, that would be a that would be a legendary stretch there for Amazon. I don't th- I don't think it's gonna happen. We have it's not gonna happen. But how cool would it be if we got four episodes of Invincible, a season of Boys season four, then we get the back four episodes of Invincible, and then back into Gen V season two. Just keep that shit rolling. I think a writer's strike just stopped any chance of that happening. No, they're going to like throw in the fucking season of Lord of the Rings in there somewhere to ruin everything. Fucking Lord of the Rings. Sorry, Lord of the Rings fanboy. Show is not for me. <laughs> nope. Uh, and I still think about it every once in a while because it should have been for me, but it wasn't. Same with The Witcher. The Witcher should have been for me too, and they screwed that up somehow too. Make me a good fantasy show. Well, I guess they... I guess House of the Dragon, maybe. Uh, I mean, I know that's fantasy, but it's not the same. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's fantasy, but it's not. Like, they have dragons, but that's about the only. First one's orcs and elves and magics and enchanted forests and witches. Yes. I want magic. Well, Final Fantasy, but on as a show. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Final Fantasy is the shit. I've actually Final Fantasy. I watched the hell out of that. Anyway. Hell yeah. You just blew my mind thinking about that. And how you would adapt to that. You obviously can't. So they'll never do it. And we don't have to worry about it. Okay. But I think we talked long enough. We talked about a bunch of superhero shit. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you stuck with us this long. If you did and you're not subscribed to our channels, you probably should do that because obviously you like what we have to say and you like listening to us talk, so subscribe on all podcast services, all social media services you can follow us, and you can also subscribe. We're over on YouTube where you can see us smiling and waving and looking highly uncomfortable. So definitely check us out over there. Um, We're doing good things over there, hoping to do more soon with you all and your support. We're always looking for reviews as well, so hit us up with those reviews. And if you want to join the conversation, not on any of those platforms, you can email us over at raisedageek at gmail.com. We appreciate each and every one of you for all that you do for us and uh, keeping us pumped up to keep doing this because this is fun to be able to hang out with my friend Don and talk about some geek stuff. So with that said, I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise to Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Geek is all we speak.